It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Hello and welcome to Farm Talk. I'm Barry O'Mahony. The new forestry strategy consultation findings are due for publication next June as the government looks for feedback on the public attitude to forestry. Macroniferibus says time is ticking to set a target number of young farmers who will be actively farming in 2027. The AgriAware FarmSafe Schools Programme 2022 has been launched. Do you qualify for Farm Assist, a means-tested state payment for low-income farmers? And John O'Connor has more on the stories making the agri-news this week. Farm Talk on C103. The new forestry strategy consultation findings are due for publication in June. The project aims to get national feedback on the public attitude to forestry, a sector which has been through a very turbulent time in recent years. John O'Connor is with me to discuss the consultation project and what has inspired the Department of Agriculture, Food and the Marine to engage. In 2021, there was fierce and indeed unrelenting criticism of the felling licence system by industry stakeholders. The Irish forestry and sawmilling industries felt there was absolutely no cohesive plan for the forest industry in Ireland with Ireland importing timber for the construction industry from Scotland and elsewhere, but it appeared obvious we had abundant untapped timber supplies here in Ireland, but bound up in a licensing queue. And John, how soon will the results of the forestry consultation project be published? And what period will the survey of attitudes cover? The National Forestry Strategy Consultation Project was launched on Tuesday 4th of January 2022. It aims to publish its report in June of 2022. The time frame during which feedback of public attitudes to the forestry section will cover from January 2022 to March of 2022. That's three months, January, February and March of 2022. However, incidentally, in the months of November and December 2021, a professional polling company conducted a survey of a 1,000 people randomly selected but aiming to represent a cross-section of age, gender, area and regional distribution. The results of this survey will be published shortly in advance of the full report, which is due in June of 2022. The consultation project is broken down into a number of different sections to try and ensure that an inclusive public response in terms of feedback is achieved. Could you briefly outline what these subsections are? It's hoped that the wide range of stakeholder and public engagements will shape the strategy and deliver a shared vision for forestry. The main public and stakeholder initiatives include 
a public attitude survey. Now, part of that was already carried out in November and December 2021. A deliberate dialogue for February and March of this year when the views of 99 citizens will be sought. A public consultation and online questionnaire planned for February and March of this year and every citizen in Ireland will be invited to give their views on how our forest resources should be managed. And what about an opportunity for young people in rural communities to give their views? On Faroiga, the Youth Forum will run a youth dialogue towards the end of January 2022. On represents over 50,000 young people between the ages of 12 and 18 years old. Other bilateral engagements will take place with other youth organisations. Irish Rural Link have been commissioned by the department to engage and survey communities, all part of their established network. Some of this Irish Rural Link survey took place towards the end of last year, 21, and the results should be available in January 2022. And when will the next forestry programme get underway, taking into account the views that are expressed by the general public and the forestry stakeholders in the consultation project? The next forestry programme is being planned for 2023 to 2027 inclusive. Full information at the following website, www.forestry.com gov.ie or lowercase or the phone number 01607-2802 that's 01607-2802 the Department of Agriculture Food in the Marine Thanks John Mochran of Ferramus says time is ticking to set a target number of young farmers who will be actively farming by 2027 It's one of the key points raised by Mochran in submitting its response to the public consultation on the environmental assessment of the draft cap strategic plan in recent years, MACRA has been highlighting the importance of implementing a suite of measures that actively support and encourage generational renewal. The main barriers for new entrants and young farmers remain unchanged. Access to land, access to credit, startup support and a succession scheme that delivers to both younger and older farmers. These were among the key issues which MACRA President John Keane addressed with members of the Joint Oireachtas Committee at a recent hearing on the CAP proposals. The documents which have been circulated in relation to the CAP strategic plan over the past number of months have been positive in, in light of being, being, being visible for farm organisations as well as young farmers across the country. However, we do view it in the context of the ever-changing environment in which farmers and young farmers see themselves in, particularly in the context of the EU Commission in, in 2017 and 2018, elevating generational renewal as one of the nine key deliverables and objectives under this common agricultural policy. It is key to remember that during the course of, of those negotiations at European level and more recently at, at national level, the importance that has been placed on ensuring that there is a sustainable and viable sector for future generations to partake within the sector. Young farmers play a key role in addressing the challenges that we as an industry face, but also see a huge amount of opportunity in terms of bringing the sector forward over the next number of years and into de the decades beyond. In Ireland, our agricultural land base is primarily based in terms of our livestock sectors, supported indeed and, and spread across tillage and other enterprises also. When we look at the breakdown of young farmers across those enterprises over the past decades has decreased significantly and even in the, in the five years from 2011 up to 2016, there has been a 15% decrease in the number of active young farmers under the age of 35. 
it is to the backdrop of, of those dark figures and, the, and the, in the context of, of general society where the workforce uh, within other sectors across the economic and entrep entrepreneurial sectors across the economy show that the average workforce under the age of 35 represents almost 30%. We do feel in that context that the support for young farmers in the context of CAP and but even in the national envelope does need to be strengthened and increased. If we look at the traditional barriers that have existed for young farmers over the course of the past number of, dec of decades, whether that be access to credit, whether that be access to land, whether that be investment support or start-up aid, we see a lack of support and a lack of commitment within the current guise of the CAP strategic plan for young farmers to address those barriers that we face on an ongoing basis. If we also look at our counterparts across other EU member states, that those barriers exist across other EU member states also, but that there are discussions and parameters being put in place to support and address those barriers in other EU member states. We look a little closer to home in terms of the context of access to land. We look at our own land mobility service being called out within the Commission's proposals and documents with a lack of support in terms of the common agricultural policy and the CAP strategic plan, which we have seen. We acknowledge the commitment from the Minister from the National Envelope for an increase of funding, but it is important that that service is committed and is provided a future into the longer term. John Keane, the Mokra Neferima President. Tagusk addressed the topic of once-a-day milking through a webinar this week. Once-a-day milking is currently only practised on around 200 Irish dairy farms, but interest in the practice of once-a-day milking continues to grow. It's considered a viable alternative in situations where labour is in short supply, where the farm layout results in long walks to and from the parlour for cows, or where reducing the number of daily milkings is attractive from a lifestyle perspective. The big challenges farmers face when considering the option of once-a-day milking are the risk of increased somatic cell count and reduced milk yield. This, however, is counterbalanced by improved cow fertility and farmer lifestyle. The theme of this year's online conference centred on the latest research about the impact of once-a-day milking on milk production and how to manage this effect. Conference details are available to view on the Tagus website. One of the questions raised during a Q&A related to revenues and how these might differ in a once-a-day milking environment. Here's Dr. Emer Kennedy of Chagask. So we haven't done any um, full economic analysis yet. I guess we were waiting to get to year three to see, you know, did they respond back back to um, to levels, the same production that they want when they run twice a day. In terms of the short term, just to deal with that first, you know, there is no difference in total lactation production. So there shouldn't be any reduction really in um or too much reduction in 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 revenue. If if you looked at it, like there's numerical differences, so just you know very quick calculations that we did looking at say the early lactation and the late lactation once a day, like yes you are losing you've lost 35 kilos of solids, so you are losing some um some revenue. However, you know you have to weigh it up and the work life balance that that's there. What do you gain? And it's very hard to put put a value. Um, on that if that's what you want is more time in terms of like say the full time once a day again quick calculations that we have done and um, we found that given the drop in in production um you know it will probably pay for like if you stayed twice a day milking the last 
the loss that you that you have with the once a day will probably be enough to pay for a labour unit. So again, I guess it comes down to to choice and um, if you want to hire somebody and how how easy it is it is to do that. Dr. Ira Kennedy of Tagusk. For more on the once a day milking conference, go to tagusk.ie. Well, Tom Curran is regional manager Tagusk West Cork. He joins us on the program this week. First, Tom has an update on the part-time Green Cert course, which will get underway soon. This generally suits people that are working full-time um, and can can utilise maybe evening classes and so on um, to do do the Green Cert, and that's very much blended between face-to-face now and, and we say online. Uh, so that's starting on the 19th of January. So if there's anybody out there that's looking for a course, uh, you can contact Noreen or Ahali, and I'm just going to call out her mobile number. Uh, it's 87 Six five seven two two six two, or you can contact the Chagas office in Mallow. From a West Cork point of view, I would say uh, Pat Vannery is our education officer, and he'll be looking to recruit uh, people to start a course in September. So, um, you know, if there's anybody that needs to do it, and I suppose the thing we'd say, Barry, about this is that you know, oftentimes the, the queries can come quite late, um, and you know, maybe farm transfer or something is on the horizon. You know, farmers that are under thirty five and need the green cert done. Quite qualify the young, young trained farmer stem duty relief and that's a big trigger so you know if that's on the horizon in the next five, four or five years um, I would say get in touch with either Noreen uh, or Sharon in East Cork or Pat Flannery in West Cork or Clannacilty Agricultural College and you know get, get about doing that course in good time. Farm Talk on C103. Irish farming is said to be facing into a very challenging year as the costs of doing business threaten to wipe out some of the modest gains from 2021, it's being claimed. There's concern that family farms here could be overwhelmed by the steep increases in costs such as feed, energy and fertiliser. Input costs had risen by 15% according to the CSO Central Statistics Office in 2021 but the signs for 2022 are said to be hugely concerning that's according to a statement released by the IFA president Mr Tim Culden. He said he hopes the new year would bring a more mature and positive discussion on climate action for example but he pledged that as farmers we would continue to produce high quality safe and nutritious food. While a vocal minority had been attempting to vilify farmers, he observed, the vast majority of people in Ireland support Irish farming and are proud of our countryside and the food produced by Irish farmers. Overall, the IFA president said, farm families were now fearful that their incomes were being sacrificed without any clear plan for the sector at farm level. John O'Connor for Farm Talk. The agriculture sector has successfully navigated its way through COVID, according to Tagusk, but the recovery in global economic demand in 2021 led to global supply chain pressures in the wider economy. There's been a surge in commodity prices, particularly for energy and energy-intensive product. Knock-on inflationary pressures are now being felt across the economy. In spite of rising input prices, incomes have increased on many farms in 2021, owing to higher output prices and increased output volumes in some sectors. Nevertheless, the escalation in input prices began to put increasing pressure on margins as the year progressed. The steepest increases in the key input prices occurred quite late last year. As a result, producers' production costs in 2021 do not fully reflect this input price inflation but these high input prices will now feature prominently in the outlook for 2022. Meanwhile, developments with respect to sustainability and environmental policy 
becoming increasingly important for the agriculture sector and its future prospects. Edmund Moakley, Tagusk Dairy Advisor Mallow, joins us again as we conclude our review of dairy farm business and plans for 2022. This week, Edmund looks at how fertiliser prices might affect the cost of doing business. Like everyone, the big thing is that everyone is speculating, okay, it's like with all these things. All I can simply give an advice to farmers is that for the spring, you need nitrogen. Um, obviously, we're not going to be putting it out in conditions that aren't at optimum, so you'll be waiting for the soil temperature to rise more and you're going to be looking for longer, drier days. But at the same time, I'm recommending farmers just to maybe have enough fertiliser in stock to get the first two rounds covered. I don't know, I'm speculating as I say, but at the same time, if you have 100 acres of ground, 2,300 kilos of nitrogen, which is 5 tonne of urea, will cover you for two rounds. And like, it's grand saying slurry, right? Every farmer wants to try and get the slurry out in the spring, but if the conditions are against you, and if the time is against you, at least having nitrogen in the yard, you will get grass growing and you'll get off to a start. And with the low emissions um, slurry technology that's there, then you can get the slurry out later on in the year. The lime, what I would say on lime is lime, lime is very good value, right? There's no hiding from it. We're constantly stressing it in Tagus. It's very simple thing to say. Grass needs an optimum pH of 6.3 to 6.5 to grow. And lime at the prices that are being quoted around, let's say, the value that's available and the amount of people put it out at the moment. If you need to put out lime, all I would stress is, be trying to put it out because it is the cheapest money you will spend this year. Uh, we're on the back of a good year. You're looking at a very expensive year for input regards fertilizer. So getting the lime to optimum, you could not stress more importantly how important it is. Uh, just to soil the samples, once again, they're small money. Uh, if you have a field and it's lacking in some nutrients, let's say, the soil sample is going to show it. Um, anyone who stocked it under 170, Previously, they didn't require to, they weren't required to do soil samples, but like some of the new changes which I have got into today that are coming on the nitrates, the next nitrates action plan, are going to require those farmers to take soil samples over the next the next number of years. So maybe it's not hard to do them. At the same time, with the price of fertilizer, it's pocket money. Um, you'll have information that's invaluable to you in order to try and get the grass growing. And then there'll be other people as well who are, who may have got approved in the soil sampling program. You'll be able to take those soil samples whenever the samplers get out. But I know it is rolling out currently. That's, look, I know I've covered a lot of stuff on that. I hope it's useful and helps set people up for the new year because it's like everything. It, there's, a, there's challenges coming at us, but at the same time, once you take control of them, it makes them somewhat easier anyhow. The AgriAware Farm Safe Schools Programme for 2022 has been launched. The programme is run in association with the IFA, AgriKids and the Department of Agriculture, Food and the Marine. AgriAware Chair Alan Jago can tell us more about the initiative. This is our second year. We ran a very, very successful pilot scheme last year. And on the back of that, uh, we approached the Department of Agriculture, who have come on board this year as our key sponsor and deliver farm based schools for our second year. This year, we're hoping to have over 500 schools involved in this school programme. So how do schools get involved then, Alan? So I suppose the first thing they do, they need to log on to farmsafeschools.ie our, our own website at agriware.ie and they can register interest there. Um, we're encouraging as many schools to register as soon as possible because it's on a first-come, first-served basis. We are limited to around 500 schools, so it's important that schools register as soon as possible. What did you do during the first year there of the pilot programme? How was it rolled out for that? If you remember last year, Barry, uh, we were very much in the, in the middle of COVID, so a lot of things were restricted to online. But we actually found that this programme worked really well online. So uh, it was delivered virtually um, through webinars, resources were made available, discussion sheets and activities were sent out to schools. So it is really, really um, easy for teachers to work with 
and really actually fit it around the curriculum, which is really important. And I suppose it focused on three key areas around the farm, that being the farmer and farmyard safety, animal safety and care, and tractor and machinery safety. And then within each of those topics, then there are seven different modules within each of them. So it really gives school children a real in-depth knowledge of farm safety on our farms. And I suppose if you look at the bigger picture, you know, over the last 10 years, 21 children have lost their lives on Irish farms around the country, you know, and this programme is hoping to, I suppose, empower uh, and then educate these children about the risks associated with farms and, and farm safety. It is a topic, of course, that we discuss quite a lot here on Farm Talk, Alan. The number of tragic farm accidents that we hear about every year. And, and one life is, is one life too many. But what we also don't really hear too much about, Barry, you know, is, is those the accidents and the near misses. And, and this really is a way of, you know, please God that these children go home. And look, I'm, I'm a dad myself and I see my own children here and want, want to talk about the farm. As a farmer, we're out in our own farms every day of the week doing things on a daily basis. And those risks that, that, you know, are there, we may not perceive them to be risks, but the kids can see them as risks. And when they highlight them to us, you know, as farmers, hopefully that might create a mindset change amongst the older generation as well. And I suppose also the second part of it, Barry, is, you know, we're conscious that not every child in, in, in a class is from a farm. But a lot of these children are going back to whether it's their granny or granddad or aunt or uncles, our friends or neighbours, and you know, a child who's not from a farm has a totally perspective on, you know, about farm safety and indeed identifying risks around the farm. It's really important to educate those children as well. Teachers can log on to farmsafeschools.ie or agriware.ie. New EU-wide veterinary medicinal products and medicated feed regulations will come into effect on 28th of January 2022. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, bit to get 30, bit to get 20, 20, 20, bit to get 20, 20, bit to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. They are focused on ensuring increased availability of veterinary medicines across the European Union, as well as addressing the key societal One Health, One Welfare challenges of antimicrobial resistance and also antiparasitic resistance. 
The new requirements regarding the prescribing and validity time frame of prescriptions for antimicrobials, including antibiotics and medicated feed, come into effect on 28th of January 2022. The requirement to only supply antiparasitic medicines on foot of a veterinary prescription has been deferred until 1st of June 2022. More information and detail available at the following website gov.ie forward slash veterinary medicines gov.ie lowercase veterinary and medicines capital v capital m john o'connor for farm talk farm talk on c103 2.7 million euro in funding for the expansion of anasco the national agricultural soil carbon observatory has been announced by the minister for agriculture food and the marine charlie mcconnellug This investment, he said, would facilitate the purchase of additional greenhouse gas monitoring equipment to increase the range and type of soils and land uses to be monitored through NASCO the Observatory. Minister McConnell said this investment of more than 2.7 million euro in funding to expand the National Agricultural Soil Carbon Observatory reaffirms his commitment to provide the research and data required to underpin the development of a carbon farming model that targets and rewards actions which remove carbon and store it in our soils. Minister McConnellug and Senator Pippa Hackett, Minister of State for Land Use and Biodiversity, also welcomes the recent publication by the European Commission of its policy paper entitled Sustainable Carbon Cycles. This communication highlights the importance of the development and deployment at scale of carbon removal solutions, both technical and land-based, as indispensable to reaching climate neutrality by 2050. Carbon farming as a nature-based solution is seen as a key to reducing greenhouse gas emissions and the storing of atmospheric carbon. Chagas, on behalf of the department, has commenced intensive monitoring of carbon emissions and removals across a range of Irish soils, putting Ireland, they say, at the forefront internationally in terms of understanding, supporting and rewarding farmers for practices which build carbon stores in our soils. Dr Carl Richards, Head of Environment, Soils and Land Use Research Department at Chagask, said that the expansion of the Carbon Observatory would provide the research community in Ireland with cutting-edge research facilities to better refine agricultural emissions and identify new mitigation measures to reduce greenhouse gas emissions, placing Ireland at the forefront of EU carbon sequestration research. The Climate Action Plan 2021 commits to examining pathways for the development of a carbon farming model for Irish farmers and landowners, which financially rewards the carbon sequestration and emission reduction offsetting activities taking place every day on Irish farms and forests across the country. The National Agricultural Soil Carbon Observatory was established in 2020 in recognition of the need to improve the national inventory to accurately reflect the actual emissions and sequestration from grasslands to verify progress towards our targets and to address the lack of data for determining the change in soil carbon stocks in grasslands on organic and mineral soils in Ireland due to a lack of relevant research, data collection and monitoring infrastructure. John O'Connor for Farm Talk. 
Tom Curran, Regional Manager, Tagus Cork West, joins us again. And in the first part of our topic, Tom discusses what farmers can do now to prepare for the upcoming busy period on farms. I suppose we're in a bit of a lull period now at the moment before the really busy calving period um, kicks off. And, and, you know, farmers put in huge long hours. Now that things are kind of quiet on the farm at the moment, it's a good time to maybe prepare, you know, and that can take a lot of pressure off the farmer. So I suppose, first of all, maybe if you look at dairy farmers, um, cows, looking at cows, body condition score, maybe if, if your housing allows, maybe separate separate your cows out into your, your thinner cows around an average condition that group would be 2.5 a middle group then that are on target maybe and just to kind of maintain them on target and then you could have a higher group that are over target um, you know and over two and three and a half a body condition score um, so I suppose to deal with the two the, the thin cows um, they'll need to be preferentially treated um, in terms of the best quality silage that you have available to you um, and also maybe a good pre-calve or not we'll say maybe about two kilos a day and also maybe to consider putting those girls on on once a day uh, milking after they calve and the whole uh, I suppose aim there is to get them to gain condition um, so that they're hitting the breeding season at about 2.75 and that you know they, they stay within the system the heavier cows then I suppose you need to watch those girls carefully uh, maybe restrict feeding or silage to them they can run into a lot of metabolic disorders and so on after calving so that, that's probably the first task maybe to prepare Secondly, look, uh, it's a really busy time. Lots of cows calving, especially if you have compact calving pattern. Um, so just make sure that you have all the equipment you need, like calving gloves, um, lubrication gels, calcium bottles, you know, flutter valves, disinfectant, I suppose, um, electrolytes and all of these things. Maybe even some, um, you can get synthetic uh, colostrum if you're stuck. To have all of that type of equipment ready um, for the calving period, have it on site and have it easy, stored well and, and easily accessible. And the other Thing is maybe just to check the calving pins uh, first of all it goes without saying that they should be thoroughly cleaned out and washed and power washed if not already done so you know to make sure that gates and your your calving gates and all of these things are hanging properly and closing properly because all of those things can um you know just just complicate things when when you're busy and you're under pressure and you don't have time to maybe fix them the other thing i suppose is to look at you know your own equipment um in terms of health and safety it's a busy period of time so going back to the calving pins that's part of it but the other thing is maybe yard lights and, and internal lights and sheds and that to make sure that they're they're working uh, in good working order for you um, but then I suppose in terms of equipment for yourself Wellingtons good Wellingtons maybe even um, you know there's good 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 thick socks and, and welly warmers that you can get get into local co-ops and merchants that um, you know are of help and, and good wet gear uh, and a head torch is a great great uh, idea too especially if you're checking cows at night and I suppose the other thing is maybe um, a bit of tidying up to make sure that there aren't any trip hazards or anything like that around um, for yourself or family or stock even. I suppose the, the, the other one then is, you know, just make sure you're in good health yourself um, before you get into the period maybe. So it might mean any harm to maybe give, a, uh, give the GP a visit and, and call in and see is everything OK there. West Cork-based ICSA President Mr Dermot Kelleher has slammed moves by the European Union to apparently block funding for red meat promotion. It's being seen by the ICSA president as a willful misrepresentation of the actual research. He went on to say the European Union seems to be blaming red meat consumption for increased cancer, whereas the International Agency for Research on Cancer, IARC, reports on behalf of the World Health Organization that they have found only a marginal risk in the case of processed meats. 
it could not find sound evidence regarding unprocessed red meats. Mr. Kelleher contended it would be important to note that research actually suggested that additives and processes such as smoking meat were likely the issue in the case of processed meats posing a risk. Even then, he said, a substantial consumption of processed meat every day only led to a 1% higher lifetime risk. Mr. Kelleher said, One problem with a lot of these studies is that it's difficult to single out meat-eating when other factors such as obesity or smoking or alcohol consumption would apply. The reality was, he said, the European Union is taking a very ideological position on red meat that's not supported by incontrovertible evidence. Mr Kelleher said, a balanced diet with a focus on reducing or eliminating ultra-processed foods was likely to be a better strategy. He said it was worrisome the European Union appears to be supporting highly processed plant burgers over actual real red meat. Apart from the fact it's not based on robust evidence, it is distorting, he said, fair competition and actually undermining highly nutritious food produced by European Union livestock farmers. John O'Connor for Farm Talk. Farm Talk on C103. Minister McConlogue has confirmed continuation of support to eradicate BVD, bovine viral diarrhoea. The Minister for Agriculture, Food and the Marine, Charlie McConlogue, has outlined his support for the pathway to bovine viral diarrhoea, BVD freedom, by the end of 2023, and the continued support from his department for the BVD eradication programme. Minister McConlogue said he's satisfied with the progress being made towards eradication of BVD. He noted that substantial savings are being achieved by farmers with the incidence of BVD test positive animals decreasing this year to just 0.03% from 0.66% in 2013, the first year of the compulsory phase of the eradication programme. Minister McConlogue said the BVD programme is now at a crucial point and we are close to eradicating BVD from the national herd. The opportunity to achieve BVD freedom is in sight. It is key that everyone will play their role to see this through. Excellent progress has been made over the years, he said, and in the past number of years particularly, we've intensified our efforts to ensure success. We will continue support for the enhanced programme agreed by the BVD Implementation Group and pledges substantial supports again for next year. The Minister said his department was providing a comprehensive package of supports to all affected farms to lower the future disease risk within those farms and to reduce the risk to other herds. This, he said, is an opportunity for Ireland's cattle farmers to further demonstrate their commitment and to intensify efforts to achieve BVD-free status. Minister McConlogue said that, as in 2021, Automatic herd restrictions and notification to neighbouring holdings will continue next year, 2022. To ensure BVD infection is contained within the herd of disclosure, herd restrictions apply from one day following the date of the initial BVD positive or inconclusive test. Among the package of supports available in 2022 is to support the early removal of BVD positive animals from the herd, which is as follows. Dairy herds, €160 if the female dairy and dairy cross animals are removed within 10 days of the first positive or inconclusive test result. 
John O'Connor for Farm Talk. Farm Assist is a means-tested state payment for low-income farmers. Irish Country Living, weekly magazine inside the Irish Farmers Journal, carried a recent article on what you should know before applying and how to go about the application process for Farm Assist. Money mentor with Irish Country Living, Margaret Nolan, can tell us more. It's it's a programme that was brought out by the government basically for low-income farmers who were below a certain thresholds of income and had families. So ultimately they didn't have sufficient maybe earnings from their farm to help their their families or to support their families. So this was brought out to assist them. So it's in being for many, many years. I couldn't even tell you when it started. I don't know. It was called Farm Assist way back when it originated, but it's called Farm Assist now. And basically it's to support uh, families that have low income. Now, uh, you can still avail of Farm Assist, even though you may have other incomes as well. For example, you might have a self-employment or an insurable employment income, maybe from your selling animals or you have a low level of income, or maybe you have just, you do something else as well. You could still qualify for Farm Assist with another income, as long as it's not above the thresholds as determined by social welfare. Essentially, though, you must be farming, be farming on the land in the state. Is that the criteria? That's absolutely, yeah. You must be between the age of 18 and 66 and satisfy means test. It's not necessarily for you to actually own the land you farm, but you must be farming to be eligible. However, if you lease or rent out your land to another person, you're not eligible for pharmacist. And the rates at which pharmacist is calculated... How do they work? Okay, so it's basically a means assessment is done by the Social Welfare Department on all your income, all your ingoings, your outgoings, how many people are dependent upon it and whatever. So that the the top rate that you can get is for the farmer is €208 per week. As from the 1st of January, that was increased by €5 in the budget. And then for a proportional increase is then for qualified adults. So the qualified other adult would get €139.70 and then you're allowed a certain amount per child, depending whether the child is under 12 or over 12 so it can be 40 euros per child for under 12 and 48 euros per child for over 12 per week so that would be kind of the the, the basic uh, max calculation for any one farm for any one income and anyone claiming pharmacist then would be means tested like other yes. social welfare entitlements absolutely yes uh, th- there's a lot of form filling to be done with this you can get the form that needs to be uh, filled out from the your local entry office your local social welfare office it's called a form farm one, you you fill that out, you send it back in and then a social welfare inspector will come to your home and go through everything with you. They will look for uh, proof of any accounts you have, uh, what you own on the farm, your animals, maybe your identity cards for your animals. It will look for your your expenses. It will look for whatever payments uh, receipts you have from from any payments you're already availing of from direct payments or for the Rural Environment Protection Scheme, the reps, all of those various payments that you might be availing of. And the whole lot goes into a pool together and they assess then how much of that, uh, how much you can gain from pharmacist based on what other payments or other incomes you're, you have at the minute and how many people you're supporting in the family. And would the pharmacist then be affected by the income that you would derive then from other schemes of which you're entitled to? Yes, it can be, but there there is a specific calculation there and the first 2,540 per year of these payments are disregarded and then 50% of the balance is also deducted from that. So, and also your allowable is any expenses that is what you would have incurred to, to, to bring the measures into place as regards those schemes and the regulations under those schemes. So the balance is then assessed as part of your means. So to be honest, it, it, the, the fact that you avail of direct 
payments wouldn't really have maybe have a huge bearing on the amount that you will get through your pharmacist because there's so many deductions already. And do we know, Margaret, the numbers that avail of pharmacists in Ireland? There's quite a number of people on very low income because when you think about it, we have a lot of part-time farmers. So uh, you're entitled to a certain amount. You, now, that everybody on pharmacist wouldn't be availing of the same amount and wouldn't get the same amount because it is per family, you know, per farm. So for that reason, I regard a percentage. I would say there is uh, maybe 25% at least plus availing a pharmacist in Ireland because we have a lot of low-income small farmers operating as part-time farmers and they might have maybe a part-time job as well or they might have another off-farm income coming into the household. And finally, Margaret, which department deals with the pharmacist scheme? The Department of Social Welfare. So it's your local entry office is your first port of call if you feel that you might be able to avail of this because people's circumstances are changing and, you know, because of the pandemic and everything, people maybe have lost the part-time job that they had and, you know, they need some other support. So it's no harm to maybe see would you be eligible because you might be eligible for the full amount but you might be eligible for some amount. Money mentor with Irish Country Living Margaret Nolan. UCC Food Science graduates were awarded a Kerry Group Master Sponsorship in 2021. We had announced how Kerry Group were sponsoring two master students through a new employment based MSc in Dairy Process Technology in collaboration with UCC. UCC Food Science graduates Maeve Cusick and Anya Murphy are now employed by Kerry Group while simultaneously completing their Masters at the College's internationally renowned School of Food and Nutritional Sciences. The announcement was made to coincide with Science Week 2021. A UCC student was recently honoured with the Musgrave Award for Excellence in Food Microbiology for his work and research on plant extract processing, the cheese-making process and vacuum-packed chilled storage of meat. Clonakilty native Ruben O'Hay topped the class as the highest performing student in UCC's Masters in Food Microbiology programme. Ruben is a past employee of Musgrave and previously worked in trading and as a brand support manager. Mr Pascal Hayes has been appointed as Executive Chairperson of the Sea Fisheries Protection Authority, SFPA, by the Minister for Agriculture, Food and the Marine, Charlie McConnell, TD. Mr Pascal Hayes has most recently worked as Principal Officer in the Department of Agriculture, Food and the Marine and led the Irish Managing Authority for the European Maritime Fisheries Fund, EMFF. In this role, he has facilitated the sustainable development of the Irish seafood sector through delivery of Ireland's European Maritime and Fisheries Fund Operational Programme, EMFF, and also the management of sustainable inshore fisheries in compliance with the Common Fisheries Policy and Environmental Law. Mr Pascal Hayes has also led the successful multi-annual project to remediate Holbolan Island. His previous responsibilities included licensing and registration of Ireland's fishing fleet and management of the six state-owned fisheries harbour centres, FHCs in Hoth, Dunmore East, Castletown Bear, Dingle, Killybegs and Rossenweil. Pascal also holds a BSc and a Diploma in Information Technology from Dublin City University and a Master's Degree in Government and Public Policy from University College in Cork. The Executive Chair of the Independence Sea Fisheries Protection Authority will lead and guide SFPA over coming years and will be responsible 
for securing efficient and effective enforcement of sea fisheries and food safety law. Also, promoting compliance while detecting and deterring contraventions. Announcing the appointment, the Minister for Agriculture, Food and the Marine, Charlie McConnell, said he was pleased to appoint Mr Pascal Hayes as Executive Chairperson of SFPA. He was confident that Pascal would meet what he called the exacting standards of public sector leadership required for this complex and evolving regulatory sector and that he would manage and lead SFPA over the coming years to ensure a sustainable and compliant industry, supporting coastal communities dependent on fishing and securing our fish stocks for future generations of fishers. Mr Pascal Hayes will take up his position on the 14th of January 2022. John O'Connor for Farm Talk. And thanks to John for co-producing and contributing to the Farm Talk programme this week. I'm Barry O'Mahony. Thank you for listening. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more and is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.